Hey, 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 welcome to the Thriving Minds Podcast with your host, Walter Parada, where we strive to provide you with empowering talks so you can live to thrive. So let's get in the right frame of mind and focus on the things within our control. So today's episode, we'll be talking about learned behaviors. So behaviors are the way in which we act and conduct ourselves. It is a response to a particular situation or something that triggers us. How we behave affects how things unfold that determines the outcome. The better that we behave, the better chance we have at handling things well. It's not so much that things go our way, but how we choose to respond to what we experience. You know, the legendary boxer Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And you know, that's really interesting because that makes a lot of sense. That's where you find out how well you're going to handle things, where it just rocks your world when things you did not anticipate go wrong. So we don't generally plan on experiencing setbacks unless all confidence has just been crushed. But there's going to be times where we are going to experience that. We can either behave in a manner that chooses to rise up to the challenges that are presented in front of us, or we can surrender You know, life can be seen as how we respond, which comes from how we behave. Some of the behaviors that we display are because they're instinctive. So they're already kind of ingrained into into us, such as the fight or flight response, the wanting to survive, and we'll do what's necessary to keep on surviving. And some other behaviors that we do display is because we've adopted them. And we learn them through most likely what we see others doing. Our ability to learn is what can improve our lives because it can mean better handling certain situations like responding calmly in a time of crisis instead of panicking. Or we can learn bad behaviors many times from what we see others doing. Whatever person or people that we gravitate towards, look up to, admire, or even a level of authority figure, is what we tend to emulate. The company that we keep is what really drives home many behaviors, whether good or bad. Those little things are what sneak into our lives that change us without us really seeing the difference. So if people that I most associate with complain much of the time, then so will I, because it's a common thing that is shared amongst the group. And this can lead into what's called learn helplessness, where negativity and uncontrollable things makes one stop trying to change their circumstances, even when they can do something about it. The focus on the uncontrollable things and on what is too hard gives off that feeling of why bother trying, that the hole is too deep to get out of. This creates a a sense of suppression of emotions and and a loss of power that can lead into an all-or-nothing approach. That sense of belief or lack of what's possible is ready to give up at a moment's notice. That when things are difficult or, or any resistance is felt, it means it's not possible. Learned helplessness can be picked up in many different ways, but what is common in people picking it up are when things are not easy, that uncomfortableness has not been worked through to 
try to get better, to find a way to make progress. Sometimes people might talk down to a person that cripples their confidence, that leads to negative self-talk, that they're not worthy. This can make it feel like they're the victim. And the more time goes on, the greater that feeling becomes. This can lead to others giving them attention and, and sympathy, which is not helping them out. Being the victim can make that attention feel validating because it provides a level of comfort. But the opposite can be learned, which is learned optimism. And this is rooted in positive thinking, where instead of seeing things as an all or nothing approach, it's about making progress. That adversity, challenges, and setbacks are opportunities to get better. That for one to get stronger, it involves experiencing stress. At times we might think about how rosy things can be, but the reality is that the road that we all travel is going to be bumpy. And that optimism can help us stay focused on the things within our control. It's not being worried about the things outside of your control because it does not contribute to giving your best. And in fact, it just damages your confidence. It is knowing that things will be difficult to handle at times, but that optimism that is learned keeps you composed enough to stick with things. It's still natural to have that sense of, I lost again, or I came up short again. And that optimism fuels that self-talk to empower you to rebound and tell yourself, I figured out what I need to do better next time. Or saying, I'll find a way to overcome this setback. This helps you harness that power that you have. And, and once you choose to use it, you'll realize how much more is possible by focusing on the progress that you can make. The great thing about our behaviors is that we can change them for the better. If learned helplessness is something that you may be struggling with, surrounding yourself with others who are uplifting and focused on what can be done instead of what can't, these are great starting points. Gravitate towards them. Their energy and behaviors are eventually going to rub off onto you. Where instead of complaining about a situation, the focus is about Okay, what's the solutions to it? If we have time to worry about things, then we better make the time to do something about it. If not, then it must not be that important. And it creates a greater sense of feeling helpless. So reducing that amount of negativity that is said out loud is also a great way to leave behind feeling helpless. It's almost like there's no way to get that negativity going where you don't allow that momentum to be built. You're still going to experience negative thoughts, but not saying it out loud takes away its power. Instead, when things turn out poorly, challenge yourself and say, what am I going to do about it? Complaining and excuses will not help me get through this. Evaluate what other behaviors contribute to feeling helpless and work on them one at a time. It might help to write down what behaviors you want to incorporate and, and actually practice them. This ingrains it into your memory and has a better chance of sticking. This gives you a general map of the direction you will take your life. Without knowing what you're striving for, there's a greater chance of feeling lost because you're not sure if you're headed in the right direction. And without any direction, 
there's a tendency to fall into negativity because it's human nature to self-doubt, where it reminds us, are you sure you can do this? You know, it's trying to keep you safe. So the behaviors that we pick up are done through cognitive learning or through habitual learning. So cognitive learning involves assessing the situation, the environment to determine which behaviors is needed to help. If you think about shooting a basketball for the first time, the tendency to pause helps us evaluate how to do it. So it makes us wonder, how do I get the ball from my hand into the hoop? So paying close attention to having steady hands, determining how far the ball needs to be thrown, how high to throw it, and how much force to use are important points to help make it in the hoop. This learning is flexible that helps us remember certain things for future actions. While it can help to see others do it, ultimately we have to go through that way of processing what exactly we need to do. And then there's habitual learning, also known as conditioning. When an action repeatedly forms a certain outcome, certain behaviors are controllable, where we have the power to say yes or no to a certain set of actions. Sometimes it can feel that many of our behaviors are uncontrollable, but that's because maybe we haven't given it enough thought to see how it can be managed. So while getting angry at someone stealing something from you, it might cause the urge to want to knock them out, but you can choose not to give in to that behavior. It will be difficult to resist, but it can be done. There are other behaviors that are uncontrollable where anxiety arises in certain situations that can cause excessive worrying, restlessness, difficulty concentrating, or, or similar things. These types of behaviors are much harder to, to change, but they can be managed in certain ways to alleviate some of that pressure. By knowing this, it helps us realize that we can develop ourselves. The debate of whether leaders are born or made is not solely you are as is. Some people do inherit some traits that great leaders show, but that does not mean that they will. And some people may not be gifted with certain traits, but they can certainly develop them. Watching how others lead are great examples of what one wants to incorporate and what to avoid. Many things can be learned from great leaders on how to manage difficult times and learning from their errors. But also learning from bad leaders is also a huge advantage. Having the ability to recognize how not to lead points out what things you should avoid. There are some great leaders who've developed themselves and things were not just given to them. Some examples include Dale Carnegie, who came from a poor upbringing and led the steel expansion in the late 19th century to become one of the richest men at the time. His work ethic and curiosity led him to figure things out, looking for specific things to make one move after another that just built on each other. Or if you look at Dave Thomas, who founded the hamburger chain restaurant Wendy's, he never knew his birth mother, he was adopted, and he worked at a very young age. So he wasn't afforded all these different resources. He eventually went on to serve in the army and then took over running a KFC, which he bought and sold. 
and this allowed him to start up Wendy's. Both Dale Carnegie and Dave Thomas' story shows us that we can work ourselves into what we're striving for with enough commitment that we don't need all these different resources to be afforded certain opportunities, that their experience along the way has developed them, and we can look to them as examples of we can do the same in our own manner. This goes beyond leadership. So we can develop our intelligence, our creativity, our ability to handle difficult moments. Somewhere along the line, those that have risen to become leaders had enough initiative to explore the curiosity. I think many of us naturally wonder about many different things. So when it comes to somebody in a leadership position or a position of authority, it doesn't mean that they know it all or what they're doing is a good idea. It's important to question how things are done and how people behave. Simply because someone is in a position of power does not mean that they are doing a good or even a decent job at it. We all have the power to look and see what's really going on. If things make you pause or hesitate for whatever reason, that's a good sign of curiosity that you're able to stop and think about what's really going on. These people like Dale Carnegie and Dave Thomas probably thought to themselves, you know what, I could do this. I see an opportunity and I'm going to work myself into it. That it's not just an overnight success story, but a long journey that requires a lot of learning along the way. And they picked up behaviors that helped them into what they became. If we stop to just look at their end result, it can seem very monumental, which they are. But many times we don't see the process of what it took to get there. That those days, weeks, months, years, and even decades that it took to work themselves into their situations. That the term that we're not born knowing and we just learn things along the way is something that should be at the forefront of our thinking. To understand that it just takes time to get a grasp on things. Focusing on the fundamentals is enough to get you going. And sometimes when we look to compare ourselves and others might be making more progress or are just advanced in certain areas than we are, there can be a tendency to feel bad about ourselves where we wonder, how come I'm not at the level of what others are at? And this can lead into certain behaviors that hold us back. Unaware of these limiting behaviors is what causes us to remain stuck. Instead of comparing ourselves to those that might be a little bit more advanced than we are, leverage that and say, what are they doing that I need to do? There's nothing wrong with following a particular game plan to help you out. And when you start to learn about the behaviors, those people that are really good at what they do, you're probably going to find out that they just have an incredible focused attitude that is built on a strong work ethic that they're constantly looking to challenge and improve themselves. Look to see how they prepare for what they do. Looking at how they respond to adversity and failure, but also how they handle their success as well. There's a tendency for these individuals to be more accountable for themselves, and they probably have a self-starter attitude. One of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen's teammates noticed that when practice began, the head coach Phil Jackson would have his meeting with the players of what they're going to focus on that day. And right after that, everybody goes into their warming up routine. 
but Michael and Scotty would go directly into the locker room. And what they did was that they got treatment. Treatment for the recovery of the workout that they already did. They already were in the facility three hours prior getting their workouts in. So by being able to look at those that produce great results, we can see the foundation that they laid that might help us out. We can emulate those strong behaviors. Many times that term that's used in sports where they talk about a player with a high level of composure, they might reference them as having ice water in their veins where the moment does not become too big for them. In some cases, some of these players are a bit more inclined to be able to stay composed and others not so much. But what we can learn from how we can come to incorporate certain behaviors is that we can develop that level of composure where the moment is not too overwhelming. So we got to remember that when we see an incredible performance where it seems like a particular player is showing no pulse, that they're not in the least bit nervous, we're only seeing kind of the, the final product. What we don't see is the months and years of preparation to get to this point. That the practice times, the training sessions, and the games that they actually fell short in are not seen or maybe they're forgotten about. So we might automatically think that they're just naturally able to handle all this pressure. But they've actually developed themselves through all that preparation for that moment that they flourished in. And it's really interesting to see how just modifying our behaviors a little bit can make such a big difference. The University of Alabama football team brought in an incredible consultant and Trevor Moward who helped players and coaches understand to stop saying negative things out loud because it ultimately perpetuates it. That saying it out loud makes your mind more focused on it because the words that we say are four to seven times stronger than if we think it. So when a bad play happens or somebody just made a mistake, instead of saying, we're going to lose, or here we go again, that is the time to just not say anything negative. That you don't have to say so much anything positive, but just not saying those self-defeating thoughts out loud helps you limit your mind from focusing on the bad things that could happen. So it's about resetting and refocusing on the next play. It's knowing that what happened in the past you can't change. So you might as well focus on your behaviors and actions that's going to be the difference going forward. And our behaviors are a predictor of our future. They signal where our focus and energy are going to. So we might as well focus ourselves on improving our behaviors and maintaining those good ones. I love exploring setbacks and failures that we all experience because it tells more about a person and how they're willing to respond in those adverse moments a lot more than those moments of success. It's so easy to talk about all the good things that we've done, where in a sense, we kind of only look at the good things about ourselves, and that makes it much harder to confront those weak areas that we have. And this makes coming up short a lot harder to deal with, because we haven't accustomed ourselves to both ends of the spectrum. Where if you can take the good along with the bad, you're a lot more balanced that keeps you even keeled. So when those good moments do happen, you're able to stay grounded and say, it could have gone the other way. But when those bad moments happen, 
you still take that same approach saying, well, a few things were the difference and I just need to behave better or do something better to where it tips the scale in the other direction. Since we know that our behaviors affect others, we should be more conscious of ourselves, not to the point where I need to conform who I am, but I can leverage my best traits and behaviors and how can I improve those weak areas. In highly competitive situations, it's very natural to feel disappointment and anger when the team loses. And this might be displayed in a very harsh manner. So in a team environment, those in a leadership role, it's very tempting to want to yell at everybody for needing to do this better or that better or that you weren't prepared enough. And this can lead to alienating certain teammates from wanting to give their best. Some are probably going to respond very well to this tactic, but it becomes about doing things out of fear in a sense. While there might be a time to be hard on a team that you're leading if the team was not prepared enough, but if they were and they gave it their all, what more can you really ask for? A great leader in a situation like this would reflect to see what they could have done better, how they could have given their team a better chance at performing well. By having enough of this awareness of oneself, it can trickle down to everybody else's thinking, where those that look up to this leader and see them handling in that type of manner, they might also do the same where they can say, what do I need to do better? How can I be my best for the next time? So that yelling tactic might work in the short term, but this more reflective period of displaying model behavior can be so much more sustainable to nurturing people's initiative and accountability for themselves. Sometimes we forget about how we behave affects other people's response that we need to communicate by more than just words, but in how we handle ourselves. I can remember there was a time when I was a kid, my mom was angry at the time and she was on the phone and she slams it and she says a very nasty word in Spanish. And I immediately shout it out with my fist in the air. And she immediately corrects me. And, you know, I said it almost in a way to mock her. But ultimately what I did was setting that behavior up later on. So if I get upset, I'm more likely to do the same thing. She realized that she needs to be careful in how she behaves. Because I'm going to emulate those same things. So many of the behaviors that we display ourselves, we've learned them through how others reacted or responded in those types of situation. Through imprinting them is how we've been shaped, where we mirror them in some way with our own twist. In big moments that shape what route is taken, see how those who influence you handle themselves because they're going to have a big impact on how you carry yourself. You know, when my parents got divorced, there's a huge moment for me where my dad would take me and my sister out on weekends. And this one weekend, we waited for him. And my mom told me that he had to work. But I guess she saw how disappointed we were. We wanted to spend time with him and go out. And she eventually told us what happened is that he was brutally assaulted the night prior. And we went to go see him. And... His eyes were just 
bloodshot red. His face was purple and, and it was just so swollen. I, I was just in a state of shock and, and confusion. And I can remember my mom telling my dad, go file a police report that something has to be done, but he didn't do anything about it. And I started to see him in a different way, almost to the point where I lost respect for him. Seeing his response or, or the lack of it made me move away from wanting to be like him. In a way, I think my dad learned how to be helpless. And I moved away from that, that I would do what I could or find some way to move forward instead of being like him. I obviously felt bad for him, but I said to myself, I don't look up to him. It hurt to come to this realization and even the way I communicated with him changed where I would distance myself from him. So his behaviors pushed me the opposite way. Moments like this hurt. But being able to recognize letting go of the things that are not serving you can be monumental. Our behaviors are not set in stone. We can always learn new ones to kick those bad ones out. We can figure things out to make them comprehensible, to work for us, and consistently conditioning ourselves to have a default response. While certain behaviors are going to be difficult to incorporate, just be patient with yourself and know that it takes time. Get in the habit of catching yourself when you do fall into certain pitfalls to move past them. Reset and refocus so you can come to understand that what happened in the past, you can't do anything about it. But you always can do something about right now. Sometimes it hurts if you realize that those that influenced you are not helping you, where it's almost like that trust has been broken but find a way to motivate you to be better, that we can teach ourselves to be our own role models. We don't need to rely on someone else to be that for us. Our behaviors decide our future, so let's ensure we behave in a manner that solidifies that. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you're interested in more topics like this, become a member at www.thrivingminds.live. It's your personal development resource to help you work through things to get better. All right, until next time.